Welcome to Friday, January 8th, 2021. Uh, Getting used to saying 2021, this is the Robert Bruton Podcast Show. I'm your host, Robert Bruton, and uh, we're going to uh, add a new show. And uh, for those of you that have been listening, know that I was in the hospital with COVID-19, so we'll talk a little bit more about that and uh, about some new stuff that's coming for 2021. So stand by. We're going to take a 60-second short break, and we'll be right back. Hi, welcome back to the show. Um, for those of you that have listened to the previous shows, um, know that uh, uh, I've been home now uh, for about three weeks after a month's stay in the hospital, a little bit before that being really sick. Uh, and that's why you'll hear me breathe a little uh, heavy uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and maybe even have to take a break uh, just to regain and, and catch my breath. Uh, it is a little bit uh, difficult breathing, and, uh, uh, but it's because of the pneumonia. Um, it's uh, crazy all the stuff that's going on with this COVID. Uh, all I can tell you is uh, do everything you can to help uh, prevent your getting it. And if you're one of these people who refuses to wear a mask, I'm just going to say one thing to that. If it gives you even the most minuscule uh, protection, uh, what the hell? Wear it out in public. You know, you ain't got to wear it at the house. Don't got to wear it in the car. But at least wear it out in public. And, and uh, because I can tell you uh, what I went through in the hospital uh, was the very best of care that I think any hospital could offer. I love those people. I have nothing but high praises for the hospital that I was in and the folks that were there giving me care the people from FEMA, the doctors from FEMA, the doctors from the hospital, and the nurses from that worked regularly at the hospital. God bless them all. Um, they were all amazing and uh, uh, were doing their job uh, in the most difficult of times. And I can tell you that having COVID-19 um, at the level I had it uh, is nothing to play with. I'm still, even now, having difficulty uh, breathing. Uh, my oxygen level is still uh, below what it needs to be, but it's at a level where I'm going to be able to return to work uh, next week. And uh, I can tell you just walking across uh, my home or uh, walking the shortest of distances is difficult. And... Uh, uh, I'm praying that, you know, the, the damage to my respiratory system and lungs, uh, that over time that that recovers, uh, hopefully back to as close to normal as it can get. And, uh, it's not worth the risk, you know, and we get so much mixed information. I get that part, but now I'm telling you straight from the horse's mouth. Um, it's scary, uh, because there were several times when I thought I was going to have to uh, be put on a respirator. And uh, those that are getting put on a respirator, uh, 
you know, that's kind of the last stand uh, against treating the disease that they have to try and help you. And that's a scary, uh, scary, scary moment that they're saying, look, you know, I said, is there any, you know, when you're asking, is there anything else? And they're saying, you know, you're not responding. Things are getting worse. And this is our last hope. This is our last stand to, to try to help you, uh, get through this. And, and these are people talking through, you know, PPE with, you know, masks and, uh, face shields and, and, uh, they're got, you know, all kinds of, of protective gear on and it's scary. You feel like you're in the movie outbreak, you know, uh, it's, it's damned scary. So, uh, all I can say is do everything that you possibly can to, uh, protect yourself and protect those around you. Cause I couldn't tell you where I picked it up, how I picked it up, but I got it. And I was completely fine. You know, uh, most places had relaxed. They're wearing masks and things like that. And I'm not suggesting that a mask is a hundred percent going to keep you from getting it. I'm saying if it gives you even the smallest bit of protection, as I stated earlier, then what's the harm? You know, they suck to wear. I get it. Um, they're hot. I get dizzy wearing the damn thing. I can't stand it. It's, you know, but it's, you know, uh, hindsight being 2020, uh, I wished I would have worn a mask more, uh, to help me prevent me from getting it. So, um, even if it was just the smallest of, of chances that you won't get it, I can tell you what, what's the deal? Just wear the stupid mask. So, um, that's my, my, my mask, uh, uh, commercial. Uh, so anyway, as, uh, uh, as we move into the new year, uh, and so many crazy things going on in the world, um, and me being home now quite a bit, uh, I watched something that really struck me. I watched a documentary about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I want to share something because uh, my one of my books, Organize Your Life to Win, uh, you know, she lived that. Uh, so, and this is back when she was a very young woman, uh, all the way back to her law school days. And I, and I thought it was so cool, you know, and what she had achieved and what she had done, whether you agreed with her politics or don't agree with your politics, the woman made it all the way to the Supreme Court. So I'm going to say she had a pretty distinguished career and she did do some groundbreaking work, uh, throughout her career that, that I absolutely applaud that, uh, she did so much for women's rights. Uh, she, she just was an amazing woman and she was cool. Uh, you know, she was, she was a cool lady, but I thought this was incredibly, uh, 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 neat. I thought I just is the best word I could, I can, I know that's a silly word, but it, it, you know, it was just neat, man. It was just cool is okay. So when she went into law school, she, uh, had a 14-month-old child. Uh, her husband at the time, uh, God rest his soul, 
was having radiation treatments for cancer. She was trying to attend Harvard Law School, uh, and she was one of only two women in the school. And one time, there was a time that there were places in the library where she wasn't allowed to go because she was a woman. Imagine the stupidity of that. Imagine the the frustration of that. Here was a woman who got accepted to Harvard Law School because she's an incredibly gifted uh, person and to not be allowed to go to certain places in the school that, you know, and, and so, I mean, they changed all that, obviously, but I thought it was, you know, and they were telling her basically, you know, you're just lucky to be here, um, you know, and it, because it was a male dominated, uh, uh, world at that point. And so she did so much to change that, uh, that, you know, she, she became, and I just, I applaud her just, she was, you know, some of her politics, I don't agree with some of it. I do, you know, and that's the beauty of our freedom as Americans is we can agree, we can agree to disagree and we can say, man, she still had an amazingly distinguished career. And I love that. So, but here's the skinny. So she had to juggle her life. So one of the things that, that, that was part of, of what she did was she organized her day so that she, I mean, when she was at school, she did nothing but focus on school. She focused on, on the task at hand. You know, she was present in the moment. And these are all things that I have written about in my book that, uh, that I, that I, you know, when you see people practicing this and successful people practicing this, practicing this, this is cool. This is really, uh, uh, you know, where you can see what people have done and you can see what being organized does. Because when she got home, you know, and we've talked about this, we talked about this. I wrote in, uh, Chelsea Cross, uh, I wrote an article for her, um, for her blog. And we talked about organizing our time. Like we were a factory You had shift one shift two and shift three. And we organized ourselves so that, that and everybody, I can hear some of you probably going, I'm not going to work like some damn, like I work my life's not some factory. You got to hear me out. Okay. So, so skeptical folks, hear me out. Okay. What you're, what we're talking about here is, you know, from 6A to 6P, we are totally focused on our day, productivity. In the evening, that second shift, we're focused on ourselves, family, kids, husband, wife, uh, whatever it is that's that's about us. We're going to take time for us. Uh, we're going to, uh, whether that's, you know, taking time to go to the gym, what have you. But for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it was about taking care of her child and taking care of her husband, you know, and then in through all of that, she had to figure out a time to study for her, uh, her, her college, her law, you know, her law school. And for those of you that have been to law school, you know, uh, law school teachers tell you they're going to keep you so busy. You can't do anything else. 
you know, and uh, yet she made it through all of that. And look what she did with her career. Look what she did. Uh, her children are amazing, um, you know, and she did that. And she basically had a very set agenda every day of what she was going to do and how she was going to get through her day, you know. And I thought that was amazing that they pointed that out, how, you know, during the day, I mean, she was basically laser focused while she was in school to get as, to absorb everything she needed to do. Uh, and she had uh, incredibly high marks in her, uh, uh, for her law school days. Um, she had uh, lots of accolades and things like that, that, uh, that showed uh, that if you do these things, Think of the think of of what I'm talking about here. Organizing your life to win. If you're not completely organized in your day, if you don't have certain things that you're going to do, then you're just shotgunning out. You're not making any progress or headway. And I've been guilty of that for the uh, better part of my life. Is yeah, I did a lot of shit, but you know, but it wasn't as focused as it needed to be, you know, and of course, yes, I've had some success, I've had, you know, but I've also had some failures, and there's things that, uh, uh, that I wished I had done that I didn't, but I can tell you that, you know, when you set out, even though it seems a little bit robotic, you know, you set out and you say, okay, from this time to this time, I'm doing this, from this time to this time, I'm doing this, all with a note to self that you are going to achieve productivity. You're actually going to do something that creates a result. Sorry, I'm having to kind of breathe a little bit. Um, so you have to uh, change your entire paradigm of how you're going to uh, work your day. And if you do that, I'm telling you, uh, here's a prime example of someone who did and practiced that and had a hell of a load to overcome. This is a woman who went home. Not only was her husband going through radiation, but, you know, this is back a long time ago when cancer treatments were, thank God for them, but they certainly weren't the uh, uh, the the things that, that were... Uh, helping folks live much longer, you know, lives, they, they were just, uh, uh, and thank God her husband lived, uh, an, a rich full life and was arguably one of the very best, uh, tax attorneys in New York city, uh, that's ever lived. Um, he too had an amazing, uh, career, um, you know, and, Getting back to that, imagine you, you, you're sitting here in fear of your husband dying. He has cancer, okay? You have a new baby that needs your attention. And for those of you that are parents, know what I'm talking about when, you know, little bitty ones, you know, uh, require 
a huge amount of our attention. Plus, you want to give it to them because it's your child. So, add all that and then add the uh, fact that you're going to, uh, at probably the time, uh, in the top five of the most prestigious uh, law schools in the world, uh, and on add to that, um, you're a woman who is not very welcome in that world at that point. Um, what you know, it just it, it amazed me, and it was something where I was like, "Wow, this," you know, I didn't know this about this great lady, and. Uh, and, and what she had done and how what she did to get there and how through, you know, organizing her life during the day and being incredibly laser focused to do so that she got everything done while she was at school so that she could focus on what she had to focus on in that second half of her day, basically, was you know, coming home and taking care of her husband, taking care of her child, uh, doing all the things that, you know, as a family member, you have to do, you know, there's laundry and there's all the things that, you know, that has to be done. Just think about it. They're, they're, they're still kids, basically. They're, they're still in college. And she's helping, by the way, her husband get through his courses and getting the notes so that he can do, and he got through law school, going through radiation. And she helped him to study, helped him to learn, helped him, you know, basically as a tutor and a mentor through that process. So that he could finish law school. All the while going through radiation and cancer. And back in that day, going through radiation, uh, as I understand it, was not only incredibly unpleasant, it, it made you sick as a dog. So when you think about uh, your life and you think about what, uh, what you're doing, if you're frustrated, uh, if you're frustrated at where you are, you know, um, I'm telling you, one of the key secret sauce, the key to the secret sauce is... Uh, uh, a couple of things, but one of the most important things is one of the most important ingredients that make the secret sauce of success is organizing so that you achieve a result. Because what happens is you get going one direction and go, oh, wait, we got to focus on this. We'll go this way. Oh, wait, we got to go over here. We got to go do this. And then all of a sudden um, you've done a whole lot of things, but you've created a bunch of work but it's work that didn't actually net a result. So learning to do this is paramount to your success in anything that you do, you know? And, and what we talk about in Organize Your Life to Win is, you know, you think about what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did for the first part of her day, and then the second part of her day was devoted to her family. And that's what we talk about in my book is, you know, the second part of your, your day you need to unplug from what it is you do during the day and replug into 
me, my life, my family, you know, and because, and you guys have probably heard this, you probably heard me say it, you know, you get so busy creating a life that you forget to have a life. And that's my point. You don't have to, you know, everybody says, you got to make sacrifice. You got to do this. Well, in some sense, yes, maybe you do during, you know, uh, uh, but I'm always of the, of the mind that if what you're doing isn't making you happy, uh, back up and go, wait a minute. Uh, this sucks. I don't like it. Why? Maybe you're doing the wrong thing. Maybe you need to reevaluate. You know, yes, sometimes in order to achieve some success or in order to achieve a deadline or, you know, we have to work until the wee hours of the morning. But that's not 100 percent of the time. If you're working 24 seven, basically. And you're not able to find time for you. Find time for your spouse, find time for your children, then I would back up a couple steps and go, wait a minute. What the hell am I doing? Because I'm telling you, people who tell you, oh, I'm too busy for that, are full of shit. I'm too busy. My, my, you couldn't cram another thing in my day. The only profession that I know where it's, it can, it, you know, I can see where, you know, uh, uh, this might not apply is a physician, you know, physicians, you know, get called out all the time for sick patients. They don't know when that's going to occur. Uh, you know, <laughs> if it's a doctor who delivers babies, well, the baby's coming and it's two forty-five in the morning, you know? It's hard to structure a day. I get that part, you know, but on a regularly normal day where there is no breaks in or emergencies or anything like that, then I do feel like we can get everything we need to get done in that moment that it has to be done and then devote that time, that second shift of our day to ourself, our families. And have that moment where you feel like you're contributing to your children's knowledge and growth and happiness. You're contributing to your marriage, your wife, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. You are contributing to that relationship in a meaningful way. Because if we don't have that satisfaction in our life, if you don't, if you get to a point where when you come home, it's 10 o'clock, you eat, which is bad, you go to bed, which is even worse, because now you're digesting your food while you're trying to sleep, you don't get a good night's sleep, you get up, rinse and repeat. And your life, it, you get to a point where you feel frustrated. You take that out on your family. You take that out on your coworkers. Uh, you become a shitty boss. Holding up my hand. Because I can remember times that, that, you know, yelling in a sales meeting or, uh, you know, 
not being friendly to coworkers, you know, being a butthead wasn't about them. wasn't about all that. It was, it was, you know, I'm physically and mentally exhausted. I'm not doing really what I truly wanted to do. I'm doing what I have to do. And it, roll that up in a ball, you know, and you bring that to your home in your relationship that adds to tension. There are fights. There are, are, you know, you know, I need you to focus on me. Well, I don't have time to focus on you. I have to pay the bills, you know, and, and you just, you do those things and geez, oh Pete, you lose, you lose relationships and there's really nothing you can do to get them back. So you have to try to move on with your life. And then again, you rinse and repeat, you do the same thing. Because you don't really figure out what the hell the problem is. You feel like the problem is, well, if I don't work these hours, you know, my boss is going to fire me, which was usually one of the problems that you have. You know, if you took a vacation in the industry that I worked, um, when you got home, uh, yeah, we're going to keep this guy and uh, appreciate your help. But, you know, you're done. Or we're going to move you to this department or we're going to move you to that department. Um, oh, and by the way, we're going to cut your pay. Or, oh, we don't offer paid vacations. But you were told when you went that, yeah, you're good, man. We'll, 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 you know. How many promises have I heard from people who say, oh, we're going to do this or do that. And it never comes to fruition. You know, so that's why several years ago, I told myself, no more, not another damn day. I'm going to do what I want to do, not what I have to do, you know, and, and I'm uh, doing that through my books and through my podcast and my blog and other things that I do, uh, you know, hell, we even designed funny t-shirts. Um, so, but these are all things that give me pleasure. These are all things that make it a life that I enjoy, not a life that I'm just walking through. So it really resonated with me when I was watching this documentary about Ruth Bader Ginsburg on what she was doing. And I was like, oh my God, how cool is that? Not only did I write a book about this, but here is a person that I wish in my research that I had had, had found. Um, and I wished I had watched that because I really probably would have talked about this a lot more in the book than I am now on the podcast after the fact. So I just thought she was an amazing woman um, who did some amazing things. Uh, not only to move uh, uh, women's rights, women's rights in the workplace, uh, but she was, she just did good, you know, she just, her life was about doing good, and again, you may not agree with her politics, you may not agree with how she sat on the court, but 
at the, you know, at, at the precipice of her life, you know, she did great things, you know, she really did. It was totally just, you know, I, I just have nothing but the, um, admiration and, and, uh, uh, and am grateful that she did the things that she did that moved our society forward, you know, and, uh, you get to, a uh, a situation in life where you're, you're sitting here going, you know, uh, I'm of the mind and ilk today that, Everyone has an opportunity to change their life. We all have things to overcome. And in, in, so I want to kind of go into this little second part of the show is I hear so many people saying, well, I don't have, I don't have this or I don't have access to that. I don't have access to Harvard Law School. Okay, well, maybe you don't have access to Harvard Law School. But if you do a little research, there are a couple states where you can go test out and you can actually, if you can pass uh, certain tests, then you can transition your way into law school. And from there, you have to mentor and work with a licensed lawyer in that state for X amount of time, but you can practice law. You know, and you can do this uh, online. You know, so there's where there's a will, there is a way. And if you don't have a way to go to school, let me say this libraries are full of information and knowledge that you could learn. And through the course of history, we've seen there was an Indian mathematician who basically took uh, books and was able to extrapolate some of the most unbelievable uh, math theories ever done. And you guys are going to have to excuse me for just a second. I'm going to have to take a little short break and get some breath here. Sorry about that, everybody. It, it gets uh, uh, sometimes a little difficult to uh, to breathe. And uh, that's why I can tell you, you know, do everything you can to, uh, uh, you know, social distance, uh, do the things that you know you should be doing. You may not like to do them, but, uh, you know, hey, some of that stuff out there, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, you know, I don't want to wear a damn mask. I don't, I, I don't, but, you know, shit. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, the alternative sucks worse than the damn mask. So just uh, throwing that out there. Because it does stink. You know, I, I used, to, I'm not used to this as far as my, uh, breathing and so forth. And I feel, you know, for the folks that didn't get to come home from the hospital and I did, you know, my heart just, I, I'm like, yeah, I can do 
some stuff that's, you know, not, uh, not stuff I want to do or like to do, but I can damn sure do it because the alternative is not getting to go home. And the alternative is also getting to die in the hospital alone, you know, because this shit can kill you. And I've seen, I've seen, it was, there were young people and old people that in the hospital that, um, didn't get to go home when I was there and younger people than I, uh, who were excessively sicker than I was, you know, and this shit doesn't, doesn't know a gender, doesn't know a, an age. It, it's ugly. So enough of my soapbox with that. Um, but like I said, you know, um, uh, get yourself organized. Uh, there are people who do this, you know, and, uh, uh, there are, uh, folks that have had real success doing what they know to do, getting the job done. And, uh, so, you know, a couple of, of things I'd like for you to take away today. One is, is, uh, if you're not organizing your life every day, begin, you know, set yourself some tasks, say from this time to this time, I'm going to do the, this particular, uh, job task. I'm going to spend this time, you know, even if you tell your spouse, so, you know what, honey, we're going to spend from, you know, uh, nine o'clock to 10 o'clock, just doing something that's us. If it's playing cards, talking, you know, it's something, you know, uh, taking a walk, um, you know, going and getting an ice cream, you know, uh, doing something that's for, if it's only for an hour, you know, that's okay. Schedule that time. And I promise you, you'll never be sorry for doing it. You know, if it's with your children say, okay, look, um, I know this stinks, but dad, you're going to have dad or you're going to have mom, uh, from eight to nine o'clock, no phones, no nothing from eight to nine o'clock. Guess what? We're going to do something that's just us. So you guys think about something you want to do with me, you know, and again, it might be playing cards. It might be having a tea party. It might, you know, be just talking, connecting, going out in the backyard and laying in the backyard and looking at the stars. You can do things that are set for scheduled times. And then, you know, when the thing goes off, and, you know, probably if it's your kids begging you, if it's, you know, your spouse leaning over and giving you a sweet kiss and go, ah, let's give ourselves 15 more minutes. That's not a bad problem to have. You know, not a bad problem to have. And during your productive hours early in the day, be regimented and strict about it. Tell, tell your family and friends. Say, look, from this times to this times, I'm going to be completely unavailable. Obviously, emergency situations are different. But, you know, if you're going to set boundaries, set them. And they're not bad boundaries to have. Tell, you know, you can tell your spouse, hey, babe, between, you know, one and four o'clock, I'm going to be doing these projects. So if you need me, can you wait till I'm done? Because the biggest waste of your time is not the fact that your family is calling. It's the fact that, think about this for a minute. One of your kids calls. 
your wife calls. You're checking because you got a notification on your Facebook page and you're looking at it. Friend calls. By the time you get done through all that, what's happened in your day? You know, what's happened in your day? You've lost how much time? You know, family, what are you losing? 10, 15 minutes, maybe 30 if it's something, you know. And you add all that up and at the end of the day, how much time have you really spent doing productivity? When this needs to be your productivity time. I'm not saying, and I'm just saying set a boundary. Tell kids, unless it's something that you really need me, it's an emergency or it's the school or whatever. From this time to this time, I'm not going to be available. Okay? Because if you want me from 7 to 8 tonight, or if you want me when I get home and to put down my phone and be totally with you guys, then I need these times during the day. And it's not bad to sit down with your family and say, okay, here's how we're going to do this. Here's how I would like to do this. I should more importantly put, I would like to have these times during the day where I just block off these times for me to 110% focus on what I need to do, you know? And it's not a bad thing, you know, if you're a spouse and you call and say, okay, I'm breaking your rule. I just wanted to tell you because I really needed to that I love you. Bye. Things like that are not bad things to to do or happen. I'm not saying you can't live a normal, spontaneous life. What I'm suggesting to you is, is set those boundaries. Know that sometimes it's okay to have, you know, Daddy, I just needed to tell you I love you. Mommy, I just needed to tell you I love you. It's okay. Absolutely. Telling you have to forego a life, okay? But what I am saying is, you know, Dad, can I go, you know, uh, to Cindy's house and uh, uh, do homework until 8 o'clock? That can wait until a time when you're not busy. Honey, what do you want to eat tonight? And then you sit in this, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Figure it out. It, or figure it out on a time and, and give your family. Say, look, I'm going to take a break from uh, 1 to one thirty today. If you need me or you need me to help out with a dinner plan or whatever, call if you can call me during that time, that would be great. But during the day, get everything that you've done need to get done to produce an active result that moves your job forward so that when you do come home to that second shift of your day, that you're able to give that to the people that you love, whether that is self-love for yourself or your family, both are great, both are good. Remember, don't get busy making a life that you forget to have a life. You can balance both. There will be times when you will have to extend out your productivity day because it just is what it is. But I'm telling you, here's the skinny with that. 
if you really laser down and focus the times that you're doing things, I promise you, you can pick up several hours a week of, wow, how am I going to fill this hour? Or, wow, I'm done early. How many times have you been able to call and say, hey, babe, guess what? I'm on my way. Because you went to your boss and go, hey, I'm totally done with all the things I needed to get done today. These are the deals that I did. Would you mind if I went home an hour early and surprised my family? What boss is going to be a prick and say, well, I've worked for him. But say, no, man, head out of here. Head out of here. I'll say 80% of the time, because <laughs> we've all worked for that jerk person, uh, you'll be able to go rock and roll. Yeah, get out of here, dude. Good job. And you go home and you surprise the family. That's, that's a life that's worth doing what you need to do during the day to be regimented, be set, say, okay, from this time to this time, I'm absolutely positively going to end this result with this result. And once you get this set up, it will take some time to set up. You're going, oh my God, this is too much work. Once you get your weeks organized, because so much of it is repetition, it repeats. A lot of what you do is rinse and repeat. So once you set that task in your calendar or on your task manager, on your phone, you know, which is what I do, because obviously all of us are attached to that hip, is do those things, okay? And once you get it set up, then it becomes a lot easier because you can put it on a repeating deal. Your tasks you can set up to repeat. My phone, for example, I have a task thing that, that I get from Apple. And it I can, I can set my task and I can have them repeat at a specific time in a specific day. I can have it do daily, weekly, you know, yearly, monthly. And I set it in and then I can look at it every day and know what my day looks like. And then guess what? My phone is dinging and reminding me that that's what I need to do. Okay, so let me tell you something else that you positively absolutely need to do. If you have social media on a thing that, that dings, when it, turn that shit off. The biggest waste of your time is social media. Unless you're making your living off of social media, turn that shit off completely over a year ago now I actually deleted turned it off deleted my account and I got off of Facebook for a ton of reasons it just was more of a waste of time it compromised my credit card information on I can't tell you how many times because I did have my businesses on. I did have some things on it. And when I got back to looking at it, I'm going, yeah, I might have. I, I think maybe I made one or two sales. 
And that was about it. And I know people that, that make a buttload. There's the people that make great money on social media. Well, God bless you. Then leave the shit on. Okay? But if you're just on it because you're on it. Because you're doing with your friends and all that kind of shit. During the day, that is can be one of the biggest wastes of your time. If you want to get ahead in this life and you want to do things, you know, you can go in and check and see all those alerts without them coming up when you're in the middle of, it takes, when you're in the middle of something, it takes about 10 to 15 more minutes to get your, your you, you know, if I'm writing, want to piss me off, call me because, and, and me for, it, 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 because I'm right in the middle of doing something. I'm going, shoot, dead gum, because you lose your train of thought. It's hard to get back in that groove. You're telling a story. You've got it all working out in your head, and it's just flowing through your fingers, and you're going. And you're just typing, typing, typing. All of a sudden, bing, 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 bing. You know? Son of a bitch. What the hell? Hey, man, what are you doing? How's it going? Uh, it's going great until two minutes ago. <laughs> you know, you're not rude like that, but that's my point. I always put my phone on do not disturb for certain times that I'm doing things. You know, most things I don't have anybody that, um, you know, if it was an emergency, I'd get a text from like my sister or my mother. You know, someone in my family would text me, say, hey, can you call me? And it's not because I asked them to. It's just kind of the way it is. But you have to set these boundaries for people in your life. And I'll usually text people that, you know, are important to me and say, hey, I'm going to be busy for the next couple hours. You need me at all? No, we're good. Thanks. Okay, well, I'll, I'll check in with you in a couple hours or three hours. Okay, cool. What friend, sibling, spouse, kid wouldn't understand that? You know? None of them, really. So, you know, it's one of those things where when you're working, you know, even a client, for God's sake, unless you're a a doctor and they're calling you to say, Hey, your patient's having a heart attack. Can you come? You know, well, yeah, then I need to take that call right then. But, you know, if you're a salesman, you know, well, what if a client calls me? Okay, we'll call him back. It's not that big a deal. I have never, ever lost a sale calling somebody back. And saying, hey, I'm sorry, I was with a client. And I always tell clients, people who might need to get a hold of me. Hey, if you cannot get a hold of me, it's not because I'm being rude. I do a lot of business on my phone. Therefore, sometimes I cannot pick it up. Like, therefore, when people are, are you know, call waiting me, okay, while I'm on the phone with you, you'll never have me go, oh, hey, can you hold on? That's my wife calling. Hey, can you hold on? That's the pharmacy calling. Hey, can you hold on? That's, you know, my office calling. I give you 100% of my time. But for some reason, and I wouldn't, and I'm going to give the same respect to other clients. So if I don't answer the phone, 
and you're calling to tell me you're going to make a million dollar sale with me. I promise I'll call you back and I will scream just as loud 10 minutes from now as I would 10 minutes ago. So, you know, it's not that I'm being rude or not that I'm ignoring you or going, dude, we can't even get this guy on the phone. You need to know that a big chunk of my business is done on this phone. So sometimes I cannot give the immediate attention that I would love to give you. But rest assured, I know you called and I promise the next call that I make will be you. Fair enough? Great. How is that in any way? Even a new customer. Tell them, say, hey, if you're calling to make the order or decide to make the order, and for some reason I don't pick up the phone, just know that I promise I will call you right back. I'm not being rude. It's not that you can't get me on the phone. It's just that in that moment, chances are I'm doing, I'm dealing with another client and my phone stays pretty busy all the time. It's not that I'm impossible to get on the phone. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Those are boundaries that you can set that are not unreasonable and will work, okay? And, you know, your family knows that if you don't pick up the phone for some reason, you know, they can text you. Hey, babe, we got a, the water main busted, or the hot water tank just busted in the garage. Call me ASAP. Then, you know, <laughs> you, know you, can, you know what I mean? There are, th- there are ways to communicate when you need, uh, when you need that, that immediate attention of someone. All right. But make your day. And I'm telling you, so, anyway, I, I, when I completely deleted Facebook, I, I kind of got off track there. And my children thought I had completely lost my ever loving mind. And the feed on the Facebook page got to be so filled with political hate that I'm just like, I don't need to see this shit all day. And this is another podcast. But if you start filling your head with hate and, and you start getting pissed off with what's going on in the world instead of focusing on your world, you can screw up your day and you can get totally off course in your, your, your work, your relationships, everything. Because when you start filling your head with, with hate and negativity, um, it's, easy to get off the, it's easy to get off the reservation. It's easy to fly off the flight deck in the wrong way easy to do. You know, you need to be positive and you need to, to realize that what you can change is the world around you. Okay. I can't change what's going on in Washington, DC, unless I become an attorney and I get elected to some Congress, Senate, vice president. I get a uh, some sort of cabinet post, then I can do some some things to change. Other than that, guess what? They're going to do what they're going to do that helps them, not you. Get over it. I am. And, you know, when I first got on Facebook, I remember, and then you kind of longed for those days. I remember when I was still married, you know, I, it got to the point where Oh my God, if your sister puts a nut, I mean, she would put kids dinner in the 
bag. Kids' dinner in the pot on the stove. Kids' dinner almost done. Kids' dinner coming out of the stove. Kids' dinner on the plate. Kids' eating dinner. Kids' finished with dinner. Ah, the joy. Dishes in the dishwasher. Pictures of all of that. And then you longed for those days because your feed filled with hate. Filled with people telling me how I should think. What I should think. No. I'm going to think the way that I want to think. I'm going to have the views that I want to have. And I don't need you to influence me in any shape, form, or fashion. I can do that. I can influence myself. And so can you. And you should be influenced by your beliefs and not what others would like you to believe. Because in my opinion anymore, what's on the media is all bullshit. What comes out of Washington is I don't trust none of them. I take what everybody says and divide it by two and then I'm still skeptical. Which is a sad state of affairs. But if I don't look at it 24-7 and don't get caught up in the rhetoric, then what can I do? I can change the world around me so that I'm blessed and that people around me are blessed. My family is blessed. Why? Because I've quiet instilled my mind. I've organized my day. And I've kept a faithful attitude. I don't wig out over what somebody in Washington did that I have absolutely zero control over. Zero control. I can vote, but now that Washington's done what it's done, doesn't matter what side of the... If you're on the winning side and you want it, then you you say, woohoo, the integrity of the the vote was good. You're on the losing side, then you're going, oh, the integrity of the vote. See, who knows? When you're winning, you don't give a shit. When you lose, you do. Last time, in 2016, it was the Democrats were going, oh, it was rigged, it was this, it was that. They, they spouted the same shit that's happening today. It was stolen from us. It was stolen from us. Uh, I bet you can go back every four years uh, back to the beginning of elections and see that the losing side is always going to say there was voter fraud. A lot of the shit that, that goes on, you can go back for decades and see it's the same shit. And they all say the same thing. We're going to come together as as a... Uh, we're going to come together as human beings. We're, no, we're not. You guys say that every flipping year. And you know what? You you come together for uh, big pharma. You come together for, uh, you know, big deals. You don't come together for me. And, I, and I'm okay with that. I still love my country. I just don't love the people who run it. But it's what I have to live with, so therefore, you do it. What does this have to do with organizing or doing anything is that you, this is my point. If you don't focus on you, if you don't focus on the task at hand and you let these social media things keep coming up on your, on your uh, phone or on your computer, 
okay, and you and turn all the like your email, all that shit, turn it off. When you're, I have no alerts on my laptop, other than sometimes I get a a, a flipping uh, advertisement. I hadn't figured out how to turn that shit off, you know. And I make sure that I don't click any of those things. And if it does, then I try to figure out how the hell do I stop this from doing that. Because when you're in the middle of creating, the last thing you want to see is some ad coming across. Or an email that is, call it what it is, spam. We can lower your insurance. There's shit about you lowering my insurance. If I want to lower my insurance, I'll go shopping for it. My point is to turn all that stuff off so that you can focus on your day. So that you can give the people you love, which is yourself and your family, give them all the time that you needed. Or if you're attending a night class or you're at the gym, you can focus 110% on your workout, your body. If you're out with friends, you're present in the moment. Why? Because you don't have anything lingering over you. Oh shit, I wish I'd have gotten that done today at work. I'll just go into work early tomorrow, which you won't do. Now you're going to have to get an ass chewing from your boss. And you're going to be doing tomorrow what you should have done today. So that adds to what? That adds to your workload, which adds to, help me, stress. Then it's not fun anymore. Then it's not enjoyable anymore. Why? Because you're behind. You're stressed out. Shit, I gotta get this project done. My boss is gonna kill me. I gotta be in this meeting. I don't have all my numbers together. And sure enough, guess what? You're it's gonna happen to you. You're gonna be the first person your boss calls. Hey, let me get your numbers. Yeah, I did that a couple times in sales meetings. Well, I you know. I got stuck in traffic. I didn't get my stuff done. Well, you should have done it last night before you went home. Yeah, I know, but I had to go meet people for drinks. Not good answers to give, right? So, undo all that stuff. Have just your tasks come up at the times that you want them to come up. So that you have a start and stopping point, which is highly important. And if you learn to do this, and it takes time, any type of paradigm shift takes time. Everybody says, well, you should be able to change it in 30 days. Set it for at least six months. I set everything for a year. Uh, New Year's resolutions. Hello. And what are you going to do this year? So therefore, what I do is I set everything out for a year. It is my new year resolution because I'm going to do that. There are things that you do, okay, and things can change. Let's say, you know, you go to the gym at 530 in the morning or you go to gym the gym at 630 at night. You can set that for the next year because here's the thing. If you're doing something else or you get involved in something else, 
All you got to do is when it's in your task manager is hit a little dot and it makes the little task go away. Or you can clear it at the end of the day. You know, if if life happened and something changed, you can clear that at the end of the day. It's not a problem. But there are things that you do. Uh, wake up. Go to bed. Um, I'm going to spend this amount of time if you've got kids. Devote an hour of your day. And you may give them more. You may have to give them less. But say, hey, I want everybody from this time to this time, uh, everything goes in the phone, all the phones go in the phone basket in the kitchen, and we become a family. Uh, at night, the plan is at 7.30, we're going to have dinner. 7 o'clock, we're going to have dinner, whatever number that is for you and your family. Phones go in the basket, and they go in mom's bedroom. So they're not, Mom, I can hear my phone going off. Oh, shit, honey, I, uh, that might be my, you know, this or that. It can wait a bloody hour so that you guys can sit at the table and be a family. Have, a, have you know, too many folks that, you know, you got kids playing video games, eating pizza. You got dad doing something in the house. Mom's, you know, doing these other things. I get it. That's fun. But are we really, truly being a family just for an hour to find out how days were, what we were going to do? Say, you know, this year, uh, dad's vacation is going to come in October. So October, uh, where would be a fun place to go? Good conversation to have. Hey, I'm going to have some free time uh, this weekend, uh, what about you guys? You guys want to go do something? You know, get out, go hiking, go walk around the lake, do something together, ride our bikes. We hadn't done that in a long time. Hey, Saturday night, mom and I are going to do a date night. We're actually going to go uh, do some stuff. We're going to spend the night where we're at. Uh, grandma and grandpa are coming over to watch you. Hey, kids, I talked with... Uh, one of the guys who their children are going to this thing, um, I'm going to pay your way and you guys can go, you know, but you can't have those conversations unless you're sitting around being a family and what's wrong with going back to something as corny as we're going to have dinner as a family. We're going to enjoy each other's company for that little time, you know? Mom can talk about her stuff. Dad can talk about his stuff. The kids can talk about their stuff. But we all kind of got around and chilled out together. And that's what organizing your life to win is all about. You're winning. You're becoming a closer-knit family. That's a huge win. And you can do that in any aspect of your life which is the most amazing part of that. So yes, I hope that everything kind of tied itself together, you know. Stay safe, stay healthy, do the things that you know to do. And begin, take a step that you have to take a step and realize you will suck. At, if it's brand new to you, you're going to suck at it. It's going to stink and you're going to get frustrated. And you're going to go, this sucks, I'm not doing it. 
that's because you're not good at it yet. As I've gotten better at this, I can put these things and I, I put things I want to remember into my test. So it, it, it bothers me. So it hooks me up and says, okay, I want to remember that. I want to do these things at these times. And it works. Just like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She did everything she needed to do while she was at school. Got it all done. So that when she got home, imagine a husband with cancer going through horrible radiation treatments. You got a 14-month-old child that requires an inordinate amount of mommy's time. Okay? You've got dinners. You've got dirty clothes. You've got all the things that moms go through in this world. And then some. And then you're helping your husband get through law school so he doesn't lose out on his law degree. Yes, when we are tasked to do certain things and we do them in an organized, methodical manner, guess what you're going to do? You're going to win. You're going to win. And I think we've missed one little point, too, is if you, I think we've talked about, you know, libraries and things being full of stuff where if you couldn't go to school, because a lot of people make excuses, well, shit, I can't go to Harvard. I ain't going to law school. Maybe you can't right this moment, but you can damn sure educate yourself in a library, online, uh, Wikipedia. Um, You can start learning. Start taking master classes. Start finding meetups with people who are like-minded to what you want to learn. See if there's anything like that in your area. Obviously, with COVID being what it is, uh, meetups are not exactly, but, you know, Zoom meetings. Where you talk to like-minded people about things that you're interested in. You know? Street smarts can take you way further in many, many cases than book smarts. Real world applications, things that, that, you know, you can't go to a class and learn how to sell something. You got to actually get out there and go and, and start selling. I can teach you all the fundamentals of, of a talk track and how to organize yourself in order to get a person to a closing situation which you can learn easily. But as far as the gift of, of being able to show someone that what you're offering solves and, and is a solution to their problem at hand, whether it's a car, an RV, a home, bottle of perfume, doesn't matter what it is. What matters is, is that you came off in a way that only you can do because you learn to read people. You learn to start talking to people. You learn to come out of your shell and you learn how to pull them out of theirs. You learn how to laugh and have fun. And you learn how to, with some product knowledge, how this is going to solve and, and be a solution for you. It's a win. And that's why you'll buy it today. Can't teach you that in a classroom. Nobody can. 
There's a lot of sales schools out there. And you got to try this. You know what? People buy from people they like. Okay, so I don't want to get off into a sales class. But you can learn to do something. You know? If you don't have good dress clothes, well, guess what? Go see what's at the, at the uh, uh, see if there's a dress shirt and or two at, at a, uh, oh gosh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, at a salvage store, okay? And Salvation Army, thank, sorry. Um, you know, a lot of folks take pretty nice clothes and ask them, say, hey, look, you know, or go to, you know, a Salvation Army that's close to an affluent area. You know, and maybe you only buy one and or two things that get you started. Maybe tell somebody at your church, I need some, I need some uh, interview clothes. You think anybody's got something laying in there? If people, when they know they're going to do something that's going to help somebody, you'd be amazed at what people will do to help you. You can walk into a church and say, hey, I, I don't have any interview clothes. Is there anybody, and the, the, the pastor or one of the associate pastors, somebody in that church will know, oh, hey, let me call Susie. She, you guys are about the same size. Let me see if she's got anything in her closet that she would be willing, you know, everybody's got stuff in their closet. They're going, well, I'm not wearing this anymore. I'm not wearing this anymore. You know, oh my God, I needed to clean out my closet. Gee, I've got all these things. They still have tags on them. I never wore them. And guess what? There you go. Where there's a will, there's a way. The difference between resources and resourcefulness. You learn that and you will change your life. Chew. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. I have with us all this oxygen has just absolutely destroyed my nose. So, um, it's healing, but, Achoo! oh my goodness, sorry, <laughs> I, uh, am so far into this particular take, and you guys know me and know that, you know, you're always going to hear crap behind me, I'm not doing this from some fancy-ass studio, again, resources versus resourcefulness, okay, yeah, there are times when I do stuff where, uh, I'm using my, uh, high-powered microphones and I'm using uh, uh, digital software and things like that 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 make my uh, show sound way more professional than it probably does today. But uh, uh, there are also times where, you know, I always tell people, anybody that makes some Snyder, you know, God, your show sucks, man. I could hear tractors behind you. I could hear road noise. And I'm like, yeah, but did you hear the message? Did you hear what I was saying? You know, you heard the crap around me, but did you actually hear the message? And what's sad is people that do that or bitch about things like that, they don't. They miss the message completely. So don't waste your time. Listen to the message. Don't worry about how you get there. Just get there. Okay, well, we've gone all over the place today. I hope that it all made sense and that it all tied together 
in some shape or form. I love you guys very much. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you tuning in. And for those of you that subscribe, thank you so very, very much. Um, We'll be back more on par as the weeks come. But uh, God bless you. Stay safe out there. And like I said, social distance, wear your silly mask. I hate it too. But you know what? If it even on the smallest of scales helps, do everything you can because having COVID sucks really, really bad. All right. This is Robert Bruton with the Robert Bruton Podcast Show. Bye for now.